the bracha over meteors. For it's like a shooting star that goes from one side of the sky to the other side of the sky, and its uh, light goes like a staff. Or an earthquake, or lightning, or thunder, or tornadoes. For all of these things, one says, Blessed you, Hashem, who makes the uh, works of creation. And if he wants you, Blessed you, Hashem, whose power and strength uh, fill the universe. As long as the clouds have not uh, separated, that one bracha in, exempts um, any future um elements. However, if the clouds have now separated, dispersed between flashes of lightning and um, thunder, you need to make another bracha. If you were in the bathroom and you heard thunder or you saw lightning, if you can quickly leave and make the bracha, then you should. If not, you shouldn't. The bracha over uh, oceans and rivers and mountains and hills. Aleph, al yamim naharis, for oceans and rivers, harim of voices and mountains and, and hills and deserts. Omer one says, Baruch Hashem, Elokim, Elokim, Oseh, Maaseh, Breshes. Blessed are Hashem, who makes the works of creation. Val yam agadol, and for the great sea, the Mediterranean, v'ho yam she'evim, bo le'eretz Yisrael, Mitzrayim, and that's the uh, sea that one passes over to reach Israel and Egypt. Omer one says, Baruch Hashem, Elokim, Elokim, Oseh, hayam hagadol. Blessed are Hashem, who makes the great sea. Bez. You don't make a bracha over every river. Only on the four rivers mentioned in the Pasuk, like Chidekel and the Euphrates. And that's as long as you saw them in a place that they weren't uh, redirected by human causes. Gimel. You don't make a bracha for all mountains and hills, but only ones that are distinctive. And the strength of the Creator is clear when you see them. The bracha over the rainbow and the sun in its season. One who sees the rainbow. He says, Blessed are you, Hashem, who remembers the, the covenant and is trustworthy with his covenant and keeps that which he says. Also, it's tackled by Biosar and it's forbidden to gaze at it too much. One who sees the sun in its season, which is once every 28 years. And the season is in the beginning of the fourth evening. When you see it on the fourth day in the morning, he says, Baruch Gracious. Blessed are you uh, who makes the works of creation. Uh, also, one makes a bracha when he sees the moon in its purity and the stars in their uh, formation, the mazalas and the zodiac uh, constellations in their time. Which means when the moon returns uh, at the beginning of. Aries at the beginning of the month, and it's not uh, leaning northward or southward. And similarly, when any star from the five remaining ones, when they return to the beginning of Aries, and is not leaning north or south, and also any time that you see uh, Aries rising from the 
edges of the east. Simon Reish Lamed. The law of certain uh, specific brachas. One who davens for something that has passed. For example, he came into a city and he heard screaming in the city and he said, May it be Hashem's will that this screaming shouldn't come from my house. Or his wife was pregnant uh, 40 days into her pregnancy and he says, uh, it's already 40, 40 days have already passed the pregnancy, and his and he says, maybe Hashem's will that my wife give birth to a boy. How is it It's a prayer in vain. You can only daven for something that has yet to be. You can give thanks for something that has passed. For example, one who enters the city, Omer, he says, May it be the will before you, Hashem Agash, that you bring me into this city in peace. If he entered in peace, Omer, you can then say, uh, I thank uh, before you, Hashem Agad, that you entered me into this city in peace. Bikesh says, if he wants to leave, Omer, he says, uh, May it be the will before you, Hashem that you take me out of this city in peace. If he left in peace, Omer, he says, uh, I thank before you, Hashem, my God, that you took me out of the city for, in peace. And the same way that you took me out in peace, so shall you lead me in peace. Ad until Baruchat Hashem Shemayat Fila, blessed are you, Hashem, who hears the prayer. And this is the prayer of the journey that it's written, and all of its laws are in chapter 110. Someone who is coming to measure his granary, Omer, he says, May it be the will before you, Hashem, my God, that you send blessing into uh, this gathering. If he began to measure it, Omer, he says, Blessed is the one who sends blessing into this um, amount. Madad, if he measured it, and only afterwards he made the blessing, or is it till the shove? Then it's a prayer in vain. Because you can only make a bracha over something that is hidden from the eye. If you already know how much is there, then there's no point making a bracha that there should be more there because it's already there. Gimel. And if that's the miracle, one who enters a bathhouse. Omer says, May it be the will before you, Hashem, my God, you bring me in in peace and you bring me out in peace. And you save me from this heat and the like in the future. Yatab Shalom, if he exit in peace, Amri says, I thank before you, Hashem, my gosh, that you have rescued me from this fire. Dalit. Haniknas Lahak is the one who goes to let blood. Amri says, May it be the will before you, Hashem, my gosh. That this business should be for me a healing. Because you are the free healer. After he's finished letting blood, he should say, Blessed is one who heals the ill. Hey, a person should always be accustomed to say, Anything that the merciful one does, he does for the good. All of one's intentions should be for the sake of heaven. If it's not possible for you to learn Torah without napping in the afternoon, then you should sleep. Says the Ramah, when you wake up, you don't have to make the bracha of Some say before you go to sleep, you should read the Vihi Noam, chapter 90 of Tehillim.
Uh, continues the Mechaber, you shouldn't take a long nap. It is forbidden to sleep during the day more than the sleep of a horse, which is 60 breaths. And even this little bit, one's intent shouldn't be to, for the bodily enjoyment, rather to strengthen his body for the service of Hashem. Similarly, anything that he has benefit, pleasure from in this world, he shouldn't, he shouldn't be thinking about his own pleasure. He should be thinking how it's going to help him serve Hashem. Know him in all your ways. All of your deeds should be for the sake of heaven. Even permissible activities, like eating and drinking, and sitting and going and sitting, and getting up, Tashmish and relations, Vahasicha and chatting, and all the needs of your body, they should all be for the sake of serving your Creator. Something that leads to His service. Even if you were thirsty and hungry, if you eat and drink for your own benefit, that's not praiseworthy. Rather, you should have in mind that you're eating and drinking to sustain yourself, to serve your Creator. And similarly, also to sit uh, in the company of those who are straight and to stand in the place of the righteous, and to go in the, with the counsel of those who are wholehearted. If he did it for his own benefit and he was doing it to fulfill his own desires, it's not praiseworthy. Unless he did it for the sake of heaven. And also when you lie down. No need to mention that if you are able to occupy yourself in Torah mitzvahs, you shouldn't overdo it with sleep just to make it more pleasurable for yourself. But even when you're weary, and you need to sleep in order to rest up from your weariness, if you did it for the sake of the pleasure of your body, that's not ideal. Rather, you should have in mind that you're giving sleep to your eyes and your body, you're giving tranquility, for the sake of health, so that your mind doesn't get confused um, when it's learning Torah due to a lack of sleep. Also, when it comes to marital relations, even if it's the uh, amount of time that is prescribed by the Torah, if you did it in order to fulfill your own desires or for bodily pleasure, then that's despicable. Even if you had in mind that you should have children, that should serve you, and um, be in your place, that's not right either. Rather, you should have in mind that he should have children for the service of his creator. Or you have in mind that you're fulfilling your obligation for marriage, which is uh, something that is a mitzvah. And also when it comes to chatter. Even if you're speaking words of wisdom, your intent needs to be for the service of the creator, or to something that brings to his service. This is the general principle. A person needs to pay attention to, uh, to his ways, and to weigh all of his actions, with the weights of his intellect. And when he sees something that will bring him to the service of the creator, he should do it. And if not, we shouldn't do it. One who acts as this, over the spirit of Hamid, he will serve his creator constantly. 
the laws of Mincha. Matters that are forbidden to do at the time of Mincha. Aleph. If it's getting late, you should daven quietly. And afterwards, the chazan should say, uh, He should do the first and second bracha and do kedusha and conclude Kodesh. If there's no time left to complete all the entire uh, repetition of the Shemeneser. Some say that rather the Chazan should daven along with the congregation out loud. And this is our practice. A person shouldn't sit down to take a haircut near Mincha time, actually until he davens. And he shouldn't enter the bathhouse or the tannery. And not to the courthouse, and not to eat. Even a small meal uh, near the time of the great Mincha. And if he began any of these activities in Masik, he needn't stop, even though he started uh, in a forbidden manner. As long as there's enough time to daven after he completes his meal or his business. There's not sufficient time to daven afterwards. He needs to stop immediately. What's the beginning of a haircut? When he places the cloth of the hair of the barber on his knees. That's the beginning of a bathhouse. When he takes off his top clothing. The beginning of a tannery. When he ties the clothing between his shoulders. As the tannery do. In the beginning of judgment. If they were occupied in a litan. When the litigants begin to present. If they were not engaged in When the judges put their robes on. And for when they sit down, ready to judge. And the beginning of eating is when he has washed his hands. Some differ and uh, maintain that a small meal is permissible. And only forbidden to make a wedding feast or a bris party. And some say that even a big meal near Mincha Gedola is permissible. And some say that even a small meal, even close to small Mincha, the later time is permissible. And we are accustomed to be lenient as, these, as per these two opinions. Uh, that you can have a big meal close to Mincha Gdela, you can have a small meal close to Mincha Kana. Maybe the reason is, now that they call us to come to Shul, we're not concerned that you might be negligent and not daven. However, for a big meal, one must be strict, even close to Mincha Gdela, and even if he already began before that, once Mincha Katana has arrived, and the time is passing, he needs to get up and daven. This is forbidden to eat a small meal. That's when you have a fixed meal. Ava litem, but simply to taste. like a snack of fruit. Mutter is permissible. Also, if you just have a small amount of bread, as people snack on, uh, that would be permissible. One who daven mincha after six and a half hours into the day and beyond yatsas fulfills the obligation of Ikhazmana, but the main time is from 
from nine and a half hours and above until evening, according to the rabbis. Rabbi Yehuda ad plug hamincha and according to Rabbi Yehuda until half mincha shuhu ad sof yud alav shoyes chasir revia, which is until the end of ten and three quarter hours. Says Ramam shavina shoyes elul fi inin ayom, and we calculate these hours according to the day, length of the day. Even if it's a long day, we take 12 equal parts for the hours. We should call Similarly, any time that the sages are calculated using hours, we calculate with these hours. Continues And the conclusion is, uh, regarding the machlokas between Rabbanon and Rabbi Huda, whoever does like this one, he did the right thing, and if he did like this one, he did the right thing. As long as you always follow either opinion. If you do like the rabbis, that you uh, all the way until night time, then you can no longer accept Rabbi Huda's position and start davening Mariv from Plag. However, if you do like Rabbi Huda, and Mariv from Plag on Words. You need to take care that you never done mincha during that period between plug and um, sunset. And now that the prevalent custom is to have mincha until sunset, and it's called Philosophers, one shouldn't have Marv until sunset. But if you actually did end up having Marv from plug onwards, you've fulfilled your obligation. And in an urgent situation, you can have Marv from plug onwards, says the Ramah. And for us in these countries, that we daven maru from plag, one should not daven mincha after that time. And post facto, or in an extreme situation, you fulfilled your mincha if you davened until nightfall. The Hainot says which is when the stars come out. Base. If he has water, one should wash his hands before davening. Even if they're not dirty. Even if you're getting up from learning Torah, you still should wash your hands for davening. Continues. If you've got no water on hand, you don't need to wash. One who wants to daven, minchagdola and minchagtana. One who wants to daven, minchagdola and minchagtana. The optional prayer should only be at minchagdola. If he davens the uh, obligatory mincha at the minchagdola, uh, he should only daven uh, at minchagtana the optional prayer. But the only time that you should daven an optional prayer is if you know about yourself that you're going to really pay attention uh, all the way from the beginning to the end without losing focus. But if you are not focused, then the verse applies to you that says, why do I need all these extra sacrifices, God says. says you should only recite Ashrei before Mincha when the Minyan is present in in order to be able to recite Kaddish before Mincha. Some say that you should recite the paragraph of the Tamid sacrifice before Ashrei of Mincha, corresponding to the Tamid sacrifice that was brought at that time in the temple. And it's an appropriate minik. The laws of Shema and Shema Esrei of Mariv. The time of the Shema in the evening. 
The time of reciting the Shema at night is when three small stars have come out. If it's a cloudy day, then you need to wait until all doubt has passed. If you read Shema before then, then you need to read it again without the brachas. If the congregation uh, read the Shema early while it's still day, you should read the Shema with the brachas and daven with them. And when the right time comes, then you should read the Shema but without the brachas. Nevertheless, you shouldn't go and daven Shema Esrei again, even though the congregation davened much earlier. Unless you're known as a very pious person, because otherwise it will look like you're being haughty in that you're davening again. Base. It's forbidden to begin to eat half an hour uh, before the time of the night Shema. And if he began to eat after the time arrived, then you should stop. Recite the Shema without the brachas and finish your meal. And afterwards, after you finish eating, then read the Shema with the brachas and daven Shema Esrei. But you don't need to stop your meal for Shema Esrei. Once he's already started eating. But if he didn't start eating, even if he washed his hands, he needs to interrupt to daven. If there's not enough time to daven, then one must stop, interrupt, even for the Shema Esrei. In the first instance, one needs to read Shema immediately when the stars come out. And its time extends until midnight. But if he sinned and delayed it and only read it prior to dawn, he still fulfilled his obligation. One who reads the Shema of the night after dawn but before sunrise hasn't fulfilled his obligation unless he was forced to be in that situation. Like he was drunk or ill and the like. But someone who is forced, who read then, shouldn't do the brach of Hashkivenu because Hashkivenu says, lay us down. Uh, to rest, and now that it's dawn, it's no longer the time to lie down. Says Rama, "Our Shabbos, but all the other brachas." Mean to say the two brachas before the Shema and the bracha of Emes Vemuna until Hashkvenu. He should say. Simon Reish Lamed Vav Din Berachas Kriyas Shema Shel Arvus The Law of the Brachas Over the Shema in the Evening Void Alas Yifim Aleph Be'erim Berach Shnayim Lefnei Kriyas Shema Shnayim Lacharel At Night You Make Two Brachas Before the Shema and Two Afterwards Beis Ein L'Sapa Ben Kulo Da Arvus L'Tefila one shouldn't speak before one says the Brach of Gali Shal and the Shemana Esrei. And even those who are accustomed to recite the 18 verses and shouldn't interrupt between that final paragraph and the Shemana Esrei. Nevertheless, when the Chazan announces uh, that it's Rishodesh and that you need to say Yalv Yavar between the Kaddish and the Shemayin Esrei, it's not considered an interruption given Shul Tzerach Atfila, since it's the needs of the prayer. You could also say Baruch to on behalf of someone who didn't hear and it wouldn't be considered an interruption. I've seen those who are careful to stand during that 
uh, bracha of the 18 verses of Baruch Hashem Le'olam. And it's an appropriate, it's a good minhag. Because it was instituted in the place of the Shemani And therefore it's fitting to stand for them like for davening the Shemani Esrei. If you come to Shulam and you find that the congregation is already reciting the Shemani Esrei, then you should recite the Shemani Esrei with them. And only afterwards you read the Shema with its brachas. After Shem Ramah Yisrael, you answer Amen to your own bracha. But the final bracha of Hamelch Bechvoda, you don't answer Amen to. The order of the Shemana Esrei from Ariv. The Chazan doesn't repeat the Shemana Esrei of Ariv. And we don't say Tachnon after Ariv.